Simone and this is episode seven of season one. Yes, episode seven, and I have really enjoyed myself. I mean, this episode, well, this this whole season has been so good so far, like so good. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who has tuned in. I appreciate and love you all. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to my podcast channel. Of course, follow me on social media at Alia Simone with three E's and share this episode with a friend. So. This topic right here, I have been wondering how I would play it out. Like, I was wondering how it all play out. I was wondering, you know, how I would approach this topic. So just a little background on how I started this podcast. So when I started my podcast, God literally gave me a list of topics. Like, I prayed, I fasted, I went on, like, I went on multiple hiatuses, and he gave me a list of topics. Now, y'all, when I made the list... I had an idea of what I wanted to talk about, but some of the topics like this one I'm about to talk about today, I didn't know what I was going to say. Like initially I wanted to start a blog, but I was like, why not just start a podcast? So that's how we got here. If you haven't listened to episode one, meet the host, Alia Simone, you should. Okay. But like I was saying before, the list of topics God gave me some I felt like I was in the season to talk about, and some of them I felt like I was still learning and overcoming. So today, y'all, today I have the courage to talk about my trauma, okay? Today I have the courage to talk about my trauma from my sexual abuse experience and how it affected me, my prayer life, and my perception of God. So friends, I am a survivor. <clears throat> y'all, this is my first time publicly announcing that. But I mean, y'all are my friends, so this is a safe space. But after my sexual abuse, that happened to me when I was younger because it happened to me multiple times. And due to the response I got from my father, when I finally had the courage to speak up, I mean, it has really affected and really really reflected throughout not only my personal relationships, but also in my relationship with God. When I would pray to God, it would come from a place of brokenness, of course, pain, and a place of really yearning to be seen and heard. And that verse that God is close to the brokenhearted and the passion about the lady with the issue of blood and touching the hem of his garment. Now, those verses, those stories, they just hit different when you're a survivor. Now, you don't have to be a survivor to relate to what I'll say in this episode, because remember, there is a peace and a seat for everybody at the table. What I'm saying is my prayer walk with God was me being codependent of the pain and trauma I had been through because of the neglection and what I had gone through as a child. It spilled over to my spiritual relationship I had with my heavenly father, such as the doubt, guilt, shame. And this one, the overcompensating myself, y'all, overcompensating myself in time and prayer to feel loved. Now, I'm not saying that God made me feel that way. Because there's been so many times, y'all, so, so, so many times I felt God literally comfort me. I remember one time after a re-traumatizing situation, I really wanted to commit suicide. Like, I literally wanted to jump off the balcony. And I just asked him to comfort me, and he did. I felt the love of God over my life. Some of why my worship, I believe, is so intimate 
and personal because of the different ways he made his points of contact with me vividly clear. Like, all the times he made his points of contact, they were so vividly clear that he was with me. But my perception of his love was unfortunately skewed. Due to my trauma, I mean, I knew he loved me unconditionally, but it was oftentimes hard for me to accept it. It was hard for me to accept that God loved me without any ulterior motive. He just loved me for me. Those years I didn't embrace it. I was praying, crying, talking to, just talking and yearning basically from pain. It caused me not to recognize even when he was talking to me. Sometimes, hence why I said prayers from pain, glory to glory. That's why I chose this topic because I want to show the transition from pain just from going to different levels of glory in God because you can't elevate in Christ and go from glory to glory in him. I mean, those times I felt like I wasn't elevating, it caused me to think I wasn't worthy enough. I felt like I had to do much more to get him to talk to me. But this episode, if you have dealt with trauma, emotional or sexual abuse, or just felt lonely, this episode, I'm going to give tips to recognize patterns, okay? I'm going to give tips to recognize patterns and help you get to the next glory. So, friends, I know that was a mouthful, and I really just had the courage to talk about that. Like, this is my first time ever publicly talking about this. I mean, my family know about it, some close friends, but I'm going to be vulnerable, very transparent in this episode so I can show you how to get to the next glory, how to step from pain, from brokenness spiritually, and get to that level of love and comfort that you want. So the first one that I have is boundaries after trauma. So due to my dad's response to my sexual abuse experience, I would overcompensate myself to be noticed or seen. Even with my abuser, I would do more or whatever he wanted to have the moment go away. Just get that feeling, get it over with. And I would become numb. So I went from overcompensating to be safe and get it over with to overcompensating to be appreciated, seen, and loved. So it spilled over from me trying to be safe, overcompensating my time and just my attention on that to just, you know, let the situation get over with to when I grew up in my adulthood, me being, I just overcompensated myself, my time, my love, my worth, everything to be appreciated, seen, and loved. And I'm going to explain that even more in depth. So that could be in personal relationships too, but... I'm coming from a spiritual standpoint in this episode, so I had this boundary and guard up, and there would be times I would be at the altar, okay, friend? I'll be at the altar, and I would feel God's love, but I wouldn't submit, like I wouldn't surrender. I felt unworthy and ashamed from my past, and I felt like when I was my most vulnerable, I was naked, similar to Eve in the garden, and she was asking to be clothed, but The key thing I was missing was that God had already clothed me (laughs) and he never said I was naked or made me feel as though I was naked. It was the boundary. It was really the boundaries I set. They weren't even due to the neglect from God, but from others. And that wall I had placed was heavily rooted from my trauma. So in return, that wall became a stronghold in my spiritual life. Okay. And even in prayer, I had walls 
Listen, y'all, even in prayer, I had walls, which is why I love the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit so much. And I pray that all my listeners one day get to encounter the Holy Spirit and embody it because those times where my walls wouldn't allow me to cry out, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit would come and utter those things in my heart that I wasn't able to say out of my own mouth. The Holy Spirit comforted me in those low moments when I felt ashamed or when I didn't honor my natural boundaries and I re-traumatized myself. Those walls and boundaries, and also it made me understand that walls and boundaries are two different things. Boundaries are guards that stand at the gate of your heart. But the wall caused my heart to be hardened, to receive what God had for me. It took me a while to allow his love to permeate through. But once I was able to break free of that stronghold, because I remember I said before, walls can become strongholds. Once I was able to break free and allow my heart to cry out, I was able to ascend from pain to glory. But allowing yourself to elevate your spirit man from pain to glory is just an exemplified demonstration of your will being transformed into his will. The ascension you feel when praying from pain and tapping into the next glory is exhilarating. It is a feeling of peace, love, joy, and comfort that nothing or anyone can ever give you. That's why the first pattern assigned to watch out for is the boundary, but really the wall you set before God. It may be difficult at first, and with the help of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit, He makes it easier. But the more you push past that wall, the closer and higher you will get, you will go into glory. So my next point is God is your heavenly Father. So my good sis Jillian, she came up with these analogies from her holiness formula, and the first one is our earthly father reflects how we conceptualized Father God. Our earthly mother reflects how we conceptualized the Holy Spirit. Our siblings reflect how we conceptualize Jesus. Now, these analogies are really, really good. And when she broke that open in the holiest formula, I was like, it was an eye opener for me. And I want you all to like really check that out because it's really good. These analogies are the after effects of how someone who has dealt with trauma or possibly neglect view God as their heavenly father. I relate to this analogy so much because when I was younger, and I tried to tell my father what was going on with me. I remember sitting in my dad's room next to the bed, trying to get his attention, playing, joking again, overcompensating my time, my love, just for a reaction that he saw me. And most times I didn't get it. And that view spilled over to me, overcompensating my worship, crying and crying, praying hard and long so I can get a response from God. My trauma was so rooted in my life that even when it came to my spiritual life, it had its hand in some aspects of that as well. I remember me crying and God showing me myself, just crying alongside the bed to him. And he made me realize that I was talking to him like I was talking to my dad. I began to break down and he comforted me as a father and he allowed me to feel his unconditional love and reassure me that he hears my cry. He made me, he reassured me that I'm not naked, but he sees every part of me. 
My perceived notion of how I thought my relationship with God would look and be was skewed and false. I didn't have to beg for his love. I didn't have to overcompensate my worship and time for his love. His love wasn't dependent on how I viewed him or how close I was to him. I realized that his love for all of us is everlasting and his mercy endures to all generations. My trauma in some ways tainted the way I saw and experienced God. All, all of these analogies, they also play a role in how we reciprocate love. When it comes to love languages, how do you express love to God? And how do you believe God expresses his love to you? Sometimes these skewed perceptions show up in our response or showing love to God and how we perceive he receives it. If we're not careful, like now I'm helping, now I'm helping my friends though, but I'm helping y'all right now. We can be dependent on those responses every time. And if we don't get it, we may feel like he isn't there, but the whole time he was there. So our love language is, my love language could be quality time or gifts or certain things like that. If he doesn't give it to me, then I feel like he's not there. He's, he's not listening to me. My love language is quality time. And I feel as though because of my trauma and me always overcompensating to feel loved, I have to always be in his face. I have to always stay consecrated or prayed up to feel loved by God. And that's not true because the Bible says, let love be without dissimulation. In Jeremiah 31 and 13, it says, the Lord has appeared of old unto me saying, yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. So he's drawing me to him. I don't got to keep crying and crying and crying when he's drawing me to him. His love is drawing me to him. I don't have to overcompensate. I don't have to view myself on the side of the bed crying and pleading and trying to get his attention and doing things, different things like that as though he's not seeing me. Now, I'm not saying it's not good to seek God. I'm saying seeking God in the sense of like I was seeking the way I was. Perceiving my relationship with God was I'm seeking God, but in the back of my head, I'm saying he doesn't see me. So I need to do more. I need to do more. I need to put in more time. And he's saying, you don't have to do that. You're talking to me like I'm your dad. You land on the side. You're praying, consecrating like I'm your dad. Like I don't want to like I don't see you or I don't hear you. But the whole time I have heard you and I'm moving on your behalf. But that was all rooted in my trauma and my perception of how I view God. Back to the analogy of our earthly father. Our earthly father reflects how we conceptualize Father God. God. I mean, that's good. That alone is good. That was a good tip. And then he allowed me to understand that having love for others has to be cross-level. Now, this tip God had to really work on me with. And he's still working on me with it. But this is a valuable, this is a really valuable tip to process. During your healing process, I want everyone to understand that having love for others has and needs to be cross-level. When I say cross-level, I'm talking about Jesus on the cross. Cross-level. Galatians 2 and 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, after my sexual abuse experience, my relationships with other guys or friends, they all seemed so dysfunctional 
And after those relationships, I felt bitter, hatred, and resentment towards not only those people, but all the people who would be with them. Everyone that was in alignment to the whole situation, I resented all of them. I felt as though those people were just, were just a part of it as the ones who hurt me. And the more I got closer to God and started praying for, for God to take away the pain and the resentment towards others, God hit me with forgiveness. And that was a big pill to swallow. Okay, that was a huge pill to swallow. And then he told me to love my enemies, bless them that curse me, do good to them that hate me, and pray for, he said, pray for them who despitefully use me and persecute or hurt me. And he kept hitting me with the love subject. He kept me hitting with the love piece. I mean, he kept hitting me with that love piece. He kept saying, all of y'all, you don't love. <laughs> he kept saying, you don't love others. You say you do, but you don't. The ones who hurt you, why do you resent them? And then he showed me love, which was him and what he has done for me. And he said, I need your love to be cross-level. As Dr. Juanita said, I need to be cross-level. And it hit me. He came to save us. They persecuted him. They spit on him. They used him. And he still blessed them. And he still loved them. And I'm sitting here. I'm just so hurt. I'm I'm hurt so much, not knowing my release was all wrapped up in love. He said, perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment, resentment, bitterness, unresolved feelings, entanglements, you name it. It has all of that. And then he says to me that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breath and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, you can't tell me I can get the fullness of God resenting my brother and my sister. I can't get the fullness of God resenting people who've hurt me. I can't get the fullness of God being bitter. So my spiritual wholeness was lied into. It was all wrapped up in and lied into love. I can't get what he wants for me, the fullness of him, without showing love, the purity of love, cross-level love. And I asked God, how do I become rooted and grounded in love? I don't want to resent others. I don't want to be better. I want to be pure. And I want to be like you. And he said, pray about it. Pray this prayer. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as he did toward me and you, friend. Pray that he allows the love to increase and abound in your heart, that you may abound in love one toward another, toward that person who hurt you, toward that person who used you, so that you'll be able to bless them without resenting them, with no ulterior motive, with no mugging. Y'all know how don't be petty because you can't be petty in heaven. With all, you know, with all the little slide remarks, it's pure love. You don't feel anything. You're not entangled or bound to anything that they did to you. You're not hurt. It's all love, the purity of love. Like Jesus was on the cross getting whipped. They had a crown of thorns in his head. And he still loved us enough to become the first fruits, the sacrifice for all of us to redeem us back to the Father. Cross-level love. Cross-level love. The last piece and key I was missing to my healing was love. Oftentimes, we find all these ways to resent 
or move on over what has caused us pain naturally, but spiritually the answer is love. Why go through the motions to be whole naturally and be happy naturally, but my spirit not thrive and be whole in Christ so I can make it to the next glory? The Bible says, if in this, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slip. Y'all, I was miserable. <laughs> I don't got to lie. That's my truth. I was miserable. I'm going to all these therapy sessions and they gave me the proper strategies to uphold my boundaries, how to cope with my trauma, but I still wasn't exemplifying love. My walls, that stronghold I told y'all about, was still up. Was still up. My heart was still hardened. And God showed me after all those tactics and those strategies, the answer is still rooted and grounded in love. And in that place, my pain went from glory to glory. My release was there. The fullness of God is there. It's in love. He met me there. When I pray, let my love for others become cross level. He met me there. He was able to consume all the hurt. Everything comfort me. It's not like he wasn't comforting me before, but it was a full circle because I realized that that's the key. That's the only point I was missing was love. Even after I said, I forgive you, I still have to show that person love. It's no such thing as I forgive you, but I won't forget. That's not love. That's not even true forgiveness. You see what I'm saying? So my prayer is that this episode helped you. And that you will join me and pray that your heart posture and love for others become cross-level so that you may ascend and reach your next glory in life. That you can ascend and reach your next glory. That you can elevate in this in your spirit, man. Not being bound, not being bound to that stronghold or that wall that you be able to go when the pastor call you up to the altar. He might not call you up to the altar, but when the next altar call comes or you feel unction to go to the altar, that your wall won't be up. That that pain won't stop you from surrendering or forgiving someone, hugging someone again, saying I love you again, and actually meaning it. With no other ulterior motive, not because God says so, it's because I truly in my heart do love you. Genuinely do love you because you can fake it, but God sees it. Remember, he's the discerner of all hearts. He knows that the love is genuine, if it's intentional, if it's not. He knows if you just did it to get passed by him, so he may pat you on the back, but he won't. So let's pray that our posture, friend, becomes cross-level. That our love for others be rooted and grounded in that so that we may be able to go from pain to glory to glory. Because your last piece of your wholeness journey is once you get done wrapping around all the strategies, you start to, you get done doing all the courses, you get done taking all the therapy sessions, the answer is still love. You still have to bless those who hurt you. Because all things work together for your good. Your love still has to be cross-level. Always has to be cross-level. He even said, if you love me, deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow him. And that's something I had to understand, realize, grasp, and still learn is how to pick up my cross and love despite what was done to me. I have to understand that the bigger picture is still love. And I can't make it into the kingdom. I can't elevate and get to the next glory if I don't 
love my brother and my sister. And that's the truth. <laughs> we skip that. We go around that. We don't touch that. Subject is love. Because love, perfect love, casts out all fear. Perfect love is the answer to everything. And perfect love is available and it can be done through Christ. So, I hope this episode blessed you as much as it has blessed me. This topic really blessed me. Like I said before, these list of topics was already done months ago. And he just reveals different things to me at different times in my life. Because I really thought this was going to be about something else. This topic was going to be about something else. But then he was like, no, girl, we're going to talk about this. Because you say you love, but you do you really love? You trying to go to glory to glory, but you don't love? Mm. You want the fullness of God? You want to elevate? You want to be in his face? But you don't love? Really, sis? Really? You want forgiveness, but you don't love? <laughs> and he just really got me together and he met me where I was at. He even gave me analogies and examples, and that's what he does. He'll meet you where you're at. But I want to say thank you all for listening to episode seven. Rate, share with a friend. If this has blessed you, let me know. DM me, of course. I'm going to leave all my social media handles in the description. And I'll see you next episode.